This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle's all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are, and we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, and relationships, and hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great great sex matters, and you deserve it. Do you ever feel like your sex life is suffocating, and there's no one around to help you revive it? Well... You aren't alone. Millions of people seek help on a daily basis, and there's lots of options when it comes to sex therapy. You're going to love our show today because we have some very interesting guests who will be talking all about the different ways to approach sex therapy, couples therapy, and personal improvement. In December, we did a few extra interviews while we were on the STC Caribbean Dreams Cruise, and we're going to share them with you today on today's show. Yeah, and while we were traveling, we caught up with Charlie and Ariane from Sex Because and the erotic hypnotist Brian Madrid, and they had a lot of amazing advice for you. But before we get into those interviews, we want to share some really exciting news about The Sexy Lifestyle. Thanks to you, all our loyal listeners, our show, The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David, has become so successful that we've decided to partner up with Voice America and World Talk Radio to create a brand new channel called The Sexy Lifestyle Channel, which is going to be dedicated to sex education. Yeah, we're going to bring on 40 to 50 other hosts from sexologists, sex educators, and sexperts of all sorts to create educational content with their own shows that are covering all different aspects of sex, sexuality, sexy travel, alternative lifestyles, dating, and relationships. Sounds so exciting. The Sexy Lifestyle channel will live on our brand new website, thesexylifestyle.com, which is being redeveloped and built right now to best serve our audience and the community of sex educators and all their amazing guests. Each host will have their own webpage on thesexylifestyle.com where they can offer their books and videos and seminars, retreats, or whatever tools they have to help people to spice up their sex life and live happy, healthy, and horny. TheSexyLifestyle.com will be the place to find out everything to do with sex and more. So, we're going to keep you posted on the progress of the new Sexy Lifestyle channel, as well as our new Sexy Lifestyle website, as we move it along, which should be in the next couple of months. If you or someone you know would be interested in hosting their own show or even being a guest on the Sexy Lifestyle channel, then send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And right now, we have a new couple talking with us today. We have Ariane and Charlie, who are a married couple. Both are sexologists from the podcast, Sex Because. Yes. Welcome, Charlie and Ariane. Hey, thank you for hosting us. 
Terrific. You. you guys have a wonderful story about how you met. Why don't you share that with us today? Okay. My wife's directing the mic over to me, so I'm gonna. <laughs> s- <laughs> I'm gonna start. I was coming from college. I had done some uh, uh, jail time actually after high school, and I'd gone enrolled into a local university when I got in Colorado, and I went to grad school. And after finishing grad school, a few universities asked me to come out and talk about post-traumatic stress disorder and its impact uh, on on uh, young men coming out of a coming out of prison. Um, I was directed to one of the classes where my wife was a graduate student in as well. And uh, at the time, I noticed this girl in toe socks and flip-flops that was sitting on the front row. <laughs> and uh, she was incredible. I mean, she's amazing. And, and all I could see was him. I, I did not learn anything that day. <laughs> I tried to teach something, and, uh, you know, it, it didn't go very well once Sounds I saw Sounds like about. your heart melted on the spot. <laughs> yes, it did. It did. <laughs> and then after that, we, we connected at a local clinic. And you can kind of tell what happened Six months that. later. Six, Six months, months later. later, yes. And how long have you been together? All- We've been together eight, eight years, years now. Yeah. And we've probably been apart probably 30 minutes a week for the last eight years. So we've clocked in many hours. uh, Many hours of a lot of different things. Sounds a little bit like our relationship. We spend like 100% of our time together. Uh And I I only have small bruises. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some big ones too, so... You guys have been doing some amazing work with PTSD patients, but now you've started to branch out more into sexuality and sex therapy and coaching, and you started your podcast called Sex Because. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about what is the main objective of your new podcast. Well, we've been doing this therapy thing for a long time, like you said. I've been in it for about 12 years. My wife's been in it about 10. And uh, uh, we had clinics in Louisiana and Texas where we had about 60 or 70 therapists that worked for us there. Okay. And we noticed that dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, some of the uh, clients that we had started having trouble in their sex life once they were dealing with PTSD and they noticed that they were dealing with post-traumatic stress. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. So so as we, as we uh, started doing marriage counseling, we discovered that uh, clients wanted to speak about things and they didn't, they didn't always feel comfortable talking about their sexuality, especially if they're in an alternative lifestyle. And we hate that term, but that's for all given terms. That's what we have. Uh, and they wanted to go somewhere where they could speak openly about their sex. Especially if there's hyperarousal. Yes. And hyperarousal is a PTSD term, and I'm sure many people have heard it, but they usually think of it in terms of fight or flight, but it really is fight or fuck. Mm. Okay. And that's and a guys- real descriptive word, but... <laughs> And you guys are an open-minded couple, and I think there's like no topic off the table that you wouldn't deal with. No. None. No. None. We would deal with any topic there is, uh, because sex is a beautiful thing, and it should be discussed. Okay. Now, you have a clinic in Texas, and you have a mobile unit, which sounds awesome. To tell us about how you get to see your clients in your mobile unit. I'll let you explain the, um, the mobile unit here. We're, we're, <laughs> we're able to uh, see clients uh, within the Houston area with our with our uh, van. It's a Mercedes Sprinter van that we've outfitted that allows us to see clients within the community. We can go to their homes and they can come in our van. It's it's quite comfortable and uh, we can provide services that way. And you do that because they, they can't get themselves out of the house to your clinic? Well, well, we noticed a long time ago when we started working with adolescents that struggled with PTSD uh, that it was easier to see the clients in their own environment. They sometimes felt more comfortable in their own environment instead of a... An real artificial f- environment, which is our office. Yeah, you expect to see a, a clinician come out in a suit and tie and make judgments immediately, and we wanted to take that piece off the table if the client was able to. Right, because so. what ends up happening, they leave our office, they go back to the environment that, uh, you know, where, where all of these symptoms are occurring, and they don't know how to change things. because. Yeah. It's only being discussed within, like I said, our office. 
And we started noticing with children even, and, and, and the adults and the married couples that we work with, we started noticing that uh, if we were able to see the environment too as well, it gave us a better picture of what we were working with, and we were able better able to help the, help the uh, clients too as well. Now, you've been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. What are some of those amazing stories, those great results that you come out with at the end with those couples that you've worked on who, you know, they, they, they didn't see the big picture. You guys mm -hmm. saw their environment, saw the issues they were happen, having, and then all of a sudden you start working with them and you see this couple blossom into a great relationship, great sex. Like, what is the, the timeline? And tell us some, some of the, those good stories that you've experienced over the years with the amazing uh, sessions that you do with these people. Well, that's a, there's been some great stories. I mean, both in and out of marriage counseling, we've seen some uh, couples that have gotten together. And, you know, the number one thing being communication, and we're going to talk about that, I'm sure. Couples that learn to communicate tend to have better sex, tend to have better relationships. And we've seen a couple of couples, I can think of one in particular, where she admitted that she had never had an orgasm mm -hmm. through nine years of marriage. Wow. But did but he realize that? He didn't realize that. Oh. He admitted that he had enjoyed sex wow. in seven years of marriage. And when, even though a man was, and even though he was having an orgasm, it wasn't, it wasn't satisfactory sex for him. He it would go. It was a means to an end. It was a means to an end. He would go to a computer and he'd jack off after they had sex and he'd masturbate and she would masturbate as well. And they were having this separate sex life that neither one of them knew about. And I guess they, they didn't talk about it. They were all, they were each dealing with their own sexual needs separately and were just friends in a relationship. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. There's a lot of shame sometimes that's associated with pleasing yourself. And my wife spends a great deal of time talking about that. And you've spent a great deal of time talking to this couple about that and how they could do it together. Right. Because there's a lot of, um, I mean, you're, you're vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable in order for there to be intimacy, uh, especially if you're naked and you're playing with yourself in front of your partner there's maybe some embarrassment that may occur and I think too when it takes when it's been that long and you haven't yes. dealt with it and then that time frame in the in the middle mm -hmm. it becomes a larger and larger bridge that you just cannot cross right it, it gets harder and vast. harder to get to yeah it's almost like those feelings become calcified over time what happens is that uh, you build up shame and shame over this feeling and there's other hurtful things that happen in a long-term marriage long-term relationships can be difficult uh, there's work to be done and if there's not active communication uh, you don't always know what work there is to be done. And what are some of the tools you give these people or these couples to help them improve their communication, improve their sexual their sexuality, and help them push those boundaries and maybe even fulfill some fantasies? Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, we'll give them topics because they may not always have those topics to, to touch on or want to touch on. That alone, I mean, there are different steps. I would say that would be one of the first but steps. But opening up dialogue is the number one Open thing. Open up they dialogue need to do. and then exploring the exploring the entire a avenue called sexuality, not limiting it to the missionary, uh, saying, "Hey, look, maybe we'd like to do some exhibitionism here. Maybe we'd like to go to a bar and pick up each other and and act as though we don't know each other and see how that goes. Can I still pick you up after ten years? Do I have that kind of game? And uh, if you don't, then you have to realize that, hey, it's time for your partner to become your girlfriend or your boyfriend again and start back at zero and and to create something new and what about those couples or those people that come in to see you and say you know we really want to push our boundaries we'd like to try a threesome we'd like to try the swinging lifestyle how do you counsel them in the steps they need to take or the strength they need in their relationship to get to that point where they're bringing in somebody else mm -hmm. uh, well first of all they both have to want it 
right? You can't have one partner wanting it and not the other. That's pretty and tricky, too. I like that my wife said yeah. that. That's tricky. Yeah, and uh, we get asked very often, how do I get my wife into the lifestyle? Right. So they both don't want it, mm-hmm. but he's not satisfied, and she does. she's not a willing partner. Is there some discussion that you can have that can open up that dialogue and, and open up her mind a little bit? I think when it comes to sexuality... Uh, when it comes to something like that, what we like to look at is how the two individuals enjoy sex alone. And then we try to see what happens when they become one unit and the chemistry that comes together in that. Now, if there is something, if you've got two people way off, they, they're not on the same track with each other and it's far, you know, they're, they're far away from each other, we try to see if that's a symptom of a greater issue. There could be a lot going on with this individual that happened in their past or happened in this relationship that uh, pretty much eliminates that as, an, that as an option because that type of intimacy isn't available for them. They need to start with each other first. They have to start with each other first. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We always say it's a very strong relationship that gets you into the lifestyle. So without yes. that, you, yes. you just can't move that in that you direction. Can't. You can't. It's not going to fix anything. It's going to uh, enhance. It's going to amplify or enhance things. That's all it's going to do. Now, just earlier when we were talking, you were telling me how important it is for women to explore their arousal network. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, with your arousal network, it's, you know, it's something that begins at birth, which is uh, biological. Um, and then at puberty, that's when the environmental aspects come into play as far as determining what you're attracted to. And as you have more experiences throughout your lifetime, I mean, those are fluid. So they can they can kind of be altered somewhat. Yeah, and some of those arousal, with arousal networks, and some of the traumas that you experience when you're younger, and one thing that my wife's talking about with experiences, is some of those experiences, a uh, six and seven-year-old, we've noticed some couples where the, the woman comes in and she says, hey, look, I was raped at seven. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I don't know why this thing attracts me, but I know at seven, or uh, we had another young lady that at 12, I had a, an orgasm during a rape. I felt a shame yeah. when it comes to orgasms since I was 12 years old. Having those kinds of uh, conversations, it's difficult to have that with a husband who's a protector, who's known to be that sometimes in those types of relationships. Mm-hmm. But being honest about that, and, and this is the guilt that I felt after that. And every time I, I have an orgasm now, I think about this. So exploring sexuality can be very difficult because this hard thing happened to me and now I'm attracted to BDSM. Now I'm attracted to bondage. Or I like to be spit on or I like to be minimized. I mean that gets that gets people off. And they're not sure if they're normal. They're They're not not sure sure if this is a normal situation. They really come to seek help to find out is that okay? Right. And like we said earlier, it could be something as simple as the type of shoe your mother wore. You know, maybe maybe now you have a foot fetish. This this has affected you. The things that you experience in your lifetime affect your arousal network and what you're attracted to. And we assure people that this type of thing, if there's no coercion or abuse, what you enjoy is what you enjoy and you can't change it right it's not going to happen exactly and to empower some women who might not realize that these are things that are affecting them what kind of steps do you think that a woman can do herself without having to seek a therapist that maybe she could start to explore her own sexuality in a positive way well that that's a difficult question because not all women know what's out there they don't understand uh, them. They don't understand what turns them on, or they, they've never had the discussion because it's been suppressed so much by people in their lives, and and even even uh, our culture. Women are sluts if they are open. Yeah, definitely masturbation. Masturbation allows a woman to explore herself and determine what she enjoys and what she doesn't physically. All right, we're going to ask you to hold that for a okay. second. We're going to remind everybody that this is the sexy lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're talking with Ariane and Charlie from Sex Because, and when we come back we're going to talk about the need for men and women to explore their arousal network stay tuned 
Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and today we have Ariane and Charlie from Sex Because. And we've been having an in-depth discussion about the need for women to explore their arousal network but I think also that it's an unfair bias that men also need to have that arousal network explored. Tell us a little bit more about that. You know, I didn't realize this until I spoke with my wife. And my wife, uh, she's an experiential therapist, which she's a therapist typically in our, our practice where you sit down and you talk to her and she listens and then she gives you feedback afterwards. One day she told me, she says, the bias is that men are always satisfied because they have an orgasm at the end of sex. That's the bias. And I remember thinking, uh, yeah, that is kind of a bias. Uh, but we don't, but as men, we don't communicate a lot differently. I think we were talking earlier, a five-year-old boy, five-year-old girl, if they scrape their knee, uh, five-year-old girls, typically what we like to do is one up to the girl and say, what's wrong? Talk to me. Express to me what's going on with you. And a five-year-old boy, we like to say, put some dirt on it. You'll be okay. Urgh, we're going to be all right. Uh, and I think as men grow up, this is how we learn to communicate. And we become almost primal in sexuality. It's not about satisfaction. It's just about getting the deed done. But how important is it for the woman to actually communicate to the man what she wants? You know, we're talking about a guy. Mm -hmm. It's easy for us to either masturbate or come or when we're fucking, we're, we're done. Yeah. Right? We have our orgasm. We mm -hmm. can come again. We have our refractory period, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. all simple. But sometimes, and a lot of men aren't sensitive to the women's needs. And sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll blame the guy for saying, oh, you came and, you know, I didn't. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about now how the woman needs to make that communication back to her partner, her man, or even a woman if she's, you know, in a bisexual relationship or lesbian relationship about what her needs are and continue that communication because what she likes today might not be what she likes tomorrow. Exactly. And uh, I would I would say that's a lot of what we do is empowering people with their sexuality and um, making people responsible for that as well. Because, especially women, because uh, people are not mind readers. So women... <laughs> We, we, can't, we can't just lay there and expect a man to know what we want. 
we need to let them know, okay, this feels good when you do this or no, you know, I, I don't appreciate that too much. Uh, but yeah, definitely keep doing that. Yeah. And, and also I think it's very important for the woman to make sure that she tells her man that he satisfies her Yes, and that that's one way he will have a much more satisfactory sex life. And even though he's orgasmed, that's all great. He's going to do it anyways on his own, whatever. Yeah. But if she really makes a big deal of how much she loves his cock, how much she loves the way he touches her, how much he, she appreciates all the things that he does for her, he's going to have a much better sex life as well. Oh yeah, for a sure. Much better relationship. A much better Not relationship. Not just in sex. I mean, just in your relationship, if you do that in general, and people like to feel appreciated and wanted. Yeah, and, and one thing with a man, I mean, one thing we can get the women to appreciate us even more for too, like what you were saying and communicate with us, is that you have to realize that a woman has a lot of roles from time to time. When I come home, uh, we, we're all the, always together, but I know that my wife can get into mommy mode. And mommy mode is very important. We have children. But I also know that sometimes I need to take her out for a drink outside of the house to sit down and let her feel sexy, make her feel sexy. I can feel sexy. And then we're not parents right now. We're boyfriend and girlfriend. And uh, she's really good about making me feel like I'm the stud. Whether I am or not, 40s in my 40s, hey, Pretty I buy sure it with what she are. says. <laughs> I buy it all day. <laughs> so, hey, and if you two say it, I'm buying it all day. All so, right? Ariane, you know, we were just talking about the woman's need to communicate what she likes and what she wants. Yes. I'm sure you meet with women who don't know what they like and they what they not. want. And how do you deal with them? How do you make them um, explore their bodies or, or teach them to explore their bodies to become aware of what they like and then they can tell their man what's good and what they want and what makes eventually makes them have that amazing orgasm? Exactly, because women are not uh, exactly encouraged to uh, enjoy sex. In fact, a lot of fathers tell their daughters sex is bad, but they'll tell their sons go get it. Uh, so we're not encouraged to do that. And I mean, just ex like I said before, exploring with yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror, getting to know your body, saying these words, vagina, penis. Yeah, saying them out loud. Exactly. Yes. yes. Saying them out Hearing loud them. Um, so that they're, they don't, they don't uh, bring about so much shame and embarrassment and so that they can become empowered. What about going out there and buying a sex toy and playing with your body and enjoying your body? Sometimes, you know, we had a couple of uh, sexologists on on previous shows and they said, do it in front of a mirror so you're not only feeling but you're seeing what you're doing exactly yeah one thing that my wife does that's, that's, uh, that's amazing is she does encourage women to look in the mirror and masturbate and that may seem for, for women that's a challenge some some men actually found it to be a challenge too because of body image issues uh, because of what they've been told before but Def finding sex toys and expressing uh, expressing enjoyment with a sex toy without feeling as though you're going to get a partner that says you're bad for doing it it's pretty important and definitely body image when we don't have that perfect body we feel that we're flawed and we're really not and I think re-engaging our love for ourselves has got to be number one looking in the mirror exactly. and say I love my body I appreciate my body this is the body I'm born with this is the body I have and I'm going to love what it is it starts with yourself first because if you don't love yourself how can you love somebody else and then you let, let someone love you too. Exactly. How, love that body. Because you have to feel worthy. And of course, we love to hear our, our partner in life tell us and reassure us that we are the most sexy thing in their life, that we really do love it. And yeah. David is so wonderful like that. He compliments me a hundred times a day. And I try to remember to compliment you at least once a day. At least <laughs> once, absolutely. You two are so complimentary. It's a beautiful thing. And, and I, I know you do a lot of interviewing, but a lot of couples don't get the chance to see you. A lot of people don't get a chance to see you, how engaged you are with you. And your body language is beautiful. What we look for in couples, whether they're in the lifestyle or not or anything, when we're giving them therapy is that we say that engagement is paramount. You have to 
have that. This isn't going to fix anything. This is going to only going to bring it uh, bring it to light what your problems or what your strengths are. So let's talk a couple of minutes about what couples need to do to work together to expand their couple, their relationship, and especially their sexuality. Time together. I think that you say it often is that you need your date nights to feel like my my girl. You don't always want to feel like the wife or the. You don't want to feel like the ball and chain. You want to feel like. It's easy to get in those roles where, uh, especially if you have children, you become the mother, right? Uh, but then you become the mother of your husband as well. So you feel like a nag. And, and that's not the role that you started off with. That's not that, that, that sensitive, soft, loving role that you began with. Yeah, and you do a lot of things when you're starting a date that you sometimes don't find, find time for when you get married. You're doing things like going to the movies and seeing an exciting movie, uh, a scary movie, which gets endorphins going. You're working out together. You're doing all kinds of things together that get adrenaline going, and you can feed that into a relationship. But as the day-to-day things start coming on and you've been in the relationship for 10 years, you don't seem to make that same amount of time. And you have to put some time aside and not even mention a kid's name and yes. not even talk about work and start that discussion about what your plans and your futures and maybe a trip that you're going to take together yes. exactly. and get that excitement going and start that as being a focus for your evening and not the crap that you saw at work or the crap that you saw with your kids that day. Make it about you. Make it about you. It's, it's a Jerry Maguire. I don't know if you anybody's seen that movie, but there's a part in Jerry Maguire where he didn't have... He, 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 he married this woman for more or less a business plan. And if you remember the part where she wanted a little intimacy and he said, no, the kid needs us, and he sat the kid right in the middle of us. Uh, uh, quite a few couples that we've met have decided that's an easier outlet than having to communicate with each other about what they enjoy. They'd rather spend their time focusing on their kids and getting that kudos kudos of being good parents. Well, like Carol said, you know, you need to have that balance between family, work, relationship, and a great sex life. Mm-hmm. And we've had some amazing sexologists on our show talk about if you're having issues in your sex life and you're having trouble with that balance, one of the things you need to do is get some sleep. Sleep is so important when it comes to having a great sex life. Why don't we talk a little bit about why you need to have sleep? Oh, I think that's the first thing we mentioned to Carol this morning when we got here. We asked her, hey, are you tired? She said, no, I'm I'm big about sleep here. I will get my sleep. And we're the same way. If you're tired, you know what? And and my husband's really good about that. If he notices that I am tired, if I'm not getting enough sleep, he knows it's not about him. He knows I I need to rest. And the same in return because we're not able to give each other what we would like to give each other. We don't have that energy. No, we don't. And there's something in when you're when you're studying post-traumatic stress disorder and you're dealing with a patient that deals with that. And remember, 25% of the population deals with it. Um, you could say congregation of people that we have here, 25% are dealing with it. You, you, sleep disturbance is the first thing that you feel. Uh, that's something called sleep disturbances, lack of sleep. Depression, anxiety. I mean, there's so many other symptoms that lack of sleep can cause that will affect your relationship as well as your sex life. Yeah, so usually, if we can get our patients to sleep, they perform at a higher level than they do when they don't. Absolutely. And some people don't even know how they can do it, but I love snuggling up to David and that feeling I get even being close even if we haven't had sex and we're just snuggling up and, and then we fall asleep in each other's arms that just adds to our bond yes. that's what makes it good yes mm-hmm. and that's 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 intimacy uh, and uh, we I'm gonna say this we sleep naked and yes. we tell our children 
if you get under the covers, which you should not get ever get under the covers. I mean, this is this is how we are. This is our space, and we don't hide that because this is important to us. He and I. Yeah, and if they come sit on the bed, they sit there for a second. They go, "Oh God, our teenagers come in the room, and they're going, oh no." But they 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 almost treat that bedroom as though it's our sanctuary, and we like them to have that type of respect. We invite them in to watch a movie from time to time. We have another room that we can do that in. Respect your bedroom. It is your playground. For sure, our kids know when our doors closed, we're having sex. Yes. And whether you like it or not, we're having sex. Yes. You know, we, we that's what makes our couple strong and go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. You know, we need our time and uh, yes, we sleep naked as well and if you're going to come in the door and you're not going to knock, yes. we're going to be naked. Yeah. So, Good you know, choose. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> choose. Good and that, that. that will ultimately help them because you're modeling what a healthy relationship looks like. Yeah. Right. All right, guys. We've had a great show so far. How about taking a couple of minutes for some real advice? So what two pieces of advice can you give some couples right now that they can do to spice up their sex life to help their relationship tonight? Taking that date night, I think we spoke earlier on the show uh, about taking that time to go out and maybe go to a bar and do something different. Wear that dress that you were going to wear to Vegas and wear it to the local nightclub, okay? Wear it somewhere where you, and, and, and guys, dress up. Uh, my wife said something to a forum of women that she was teaching uh, once upon a time. She said, I don't understand how we as women can, can get dressed, spend an hour getting ready for work, and we can't spend five minutes getting ready for bed sometimes. Right. And that was powerful for me because I was so accustomed to hearing what, before meeting her, I was so accustomed to hearing what my role should be as a man, and it was empowering to see a strong woman say, this is what I'm willing to do for you. And boy, I'm telling you, there's a thousand things I would do for her in the mornings now and in the evenings because she does those types of things. It's, it's, it's so important what you said yeah. is that, you know, uh, the ladies, they really do put a lot of time and effort into yes. putting themselves together. And it's, it's much easier for us guys to get oh, it is. ready. But put some time and effort. You know, you're not going to expect your wife to wear stiletto heels and a short skirt. No. And you're going to go out in, in shorts and flip-flops. Yeah, and guys, we do the same thing. We should make, hey, put those silky boxes on that only she likes. You swear you don't like to wear them, but she thinks she oh, thinks no, they're the sexiest boxers. thing in the world. I, she has a cologne that, that just smells amazing to her. Yeah, she has, yes, she she has some European European bottoms that she loves, and I'm not. I'm like these things look way European, baby. She's like they're way hot. I say okay, we're wearing them. Exactly. All right. <laughs> All right. Why don't you take a second now and tell everybody how they can reach out to you on social media, online, and if anybody wants to give you guys a call. Um, where would they reach you? Okay, uh, there is uh, sexbecause.com. You can uh, listen to our podcast on there as well as watch them because uh, we video record them as well. You can also schedule appointments for therapy. We can be seen either in our office, through our mobile unit, only to Houston residents. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your video conferencing, which is uh, right. encrypted and secure. Exactly. We have uh, online video therapy uh, that we provide through a service called Theralink, which is uh, HIPAA you know, approved and confidential. Yeah, very important that you have that. It really is important that it's encrypted. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because we talk a lot about things. Eventually with couples, we will talk about trauma and past. Uh, if you're having uh, sexuality issues with each other, 
other. Sometimes we notice that it's important to look backwards. Sometimes that's just a great, that's a symptom of a greater issue. And when we get back, when we look backwards with couples, we want that stuff to be encrypted. Okay. We don't want someone else seeing those types of secrets out there floating on the web. For sure. Confidentiality is so important. And are you guys on social media? We are. Sexbecause.com is our, uh, this, this is our page. And we've got a couple other practices. If you were to Google us, you'd probably see our PTSD practice and our family practice. But this is the practice that we utilize for couples. Beautiful. Ariane, Charlie, thank you so much. We are Carol and David, and this is The Sexy Lifestyle. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle and we are Carol and David broadcasting live. from. And we have Brian Madrid who is an erotic hypnotist with us here on the cruise ship. Um, thank you very much, Brian, for spending some time with us today. My pleasure, my pleasure. So I know we've seen your show this week and we know it's a whole lot of fun, but there's a whole nother side to being a hypnotist and that's what we're going to talk about today, erotic hypnotism. How about if you tell us a little bit about how you got into hypnosis and your background and how you learned about it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's I think about it was 10 years ago and I was in Las Vegas and I went to a show with my friend and we went to, it was an adult show and I didn't actually believe hypnosis was real. I was a big skeptic. So my friend talked me into volunteering, going up on stage, and I didn't think I was going to be hypnotized. And I was the biggest introvert before this. I was afraid to talk in public, and it just wasn't my thing. So I was actually hypnotized, and I actually did things I never thought I would do. I had simulated sex with two blow-up dolls on stage, and it was just something that I never, ever thought I would do. So afterwards, I felt amazing. I said, this is real. So after the show, I talked to the hypnotist afterwards, uh, Mark Savard, who's at Planet Planet Hollywood, and he, he talked to me, and he was very open with hypnosis. So that's who I trained with. I actually went back to Las Vegas. I got trained to do comedy hypnosis shows. And how long did it take you to learn hypnosis? I took about almost a year and a half of before I actually got on a stage to do it. By learning the show or learning how to make learning, people get hypnotized? Learning all of it, all of it. Because whenever you're a hypnotist, you create your own shows, you create your own routines, your music, everything is really, you create your own. So actually most of the people who get trained never do a show, actually. I think there's 50 in our class and only 
three of us went on to do shows. So you were passionate about it and you really wanted to learn and help other people. Very, very passionate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I, I did my first show and actually it, it was a, a, a clean show. You know, I never even knew about this part of the erotic shows. So I started with clean shows. Okay, and so now we've met you a couple times on yeah. these cruise ships. You got to do entertainment here on the cruise ship, yes. and that's so that's how the whole erotic hypnotism came to light in your fact. Absolutely, and, and this in a real quick story is how it started. Was um, whenever I was doing shows, I used to do them for high schools, colleges, uh, you know, uh, casinos, and I wanted to go on a cruise ship. So what I did was I called a travel agent. And it ended up being a lifestyle travel agent, and I didn't know. And they said, you know, I tell you what, we have a cruise leaving in two weeks on Royal Caribbean. Are you able to go? So, of course, in my head, I'm thinking, hell yeah, I'm ready to go. But I was playing it cool, and I said, well, let me check my schedule. And all I heard was Royal Caribbean. And I agreed. I said, I'm on it. I look up the website, and I see naked people. I see, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm used to do high school shows, college shows. How do I transition to this? So then you were going to be on a lifestyle a cruise. A lifestyle cruise. Yes. And actually, it changed everything. These are my favorite uh, shows to do. The people are amazing. So had you even heard about what the lifestyle is prior to no. going on this thing? No. And that was probably about four years ago. And did someone actually explain it to you when you got on board that you didn't think that you were going to get attacked or whatever? Did someone <laughs> actually explain that to you? Somebody did. Ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was, but it was actually the best experience ever. And you probably had many open-minded people who came to your show and probably that uh, was a little bit different from those high school shows that you actually did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, it, it's it's funny because uh, that, that's what opened the door to all of this with the, the erotic hypnotherapy. It kind of started that. And uh, it, it's just... It just grows all the time as, as the years go on. With and it. I know that there's more and more research on the subconscious and how it can help ourselves. We don't know a whole lot about it, but you became the expert. Do you actually teach how it works or just you just do it? No, what I do now is um, originally when you get trained as a hypnotherapist, whether it's with um, erotic hypnotherapy or other hypnotherapy, you, you, you do it. But with this, I teach self-hypnosis. Oh. And self-hypnosis is whenever you're able to take what I teach you and do it on your own. So if you have multiple things you want to work on in the bedroom, you can work on that as a couple or alone and improve yourself without the need for a hypnotherapist after now, that. Do you train the husband to hypnotize the wife or vice versa? Or do they actually do it themselves? Actually, I've never, I, I, actually that's something I'm looking into doing. Okay. Is actually because I've had some people request that. Um, but usually the, the people that come to me aren't couples. They're usually the singles because they want to take care. They each have their own separate issues. And so what types of issues do people come to you for hypnotherapy that they want to resolve? Yeah, I, I've had, um, even, even on this cruise right here, I've had somebody come to me who have uh, uh, lost their sex drive and libido for, for whatever reason. Um, other people come to me for uh, uh, erectile dysfunction issues, uh, body image issues. They need more confidence, uh, uh, better orgasms. You, you can really, anything that you want to improve on that's blocking that, um, you can improve. Or if you're great at some, if you're good at something, you can go from good to great as well. Now you said earlier that you were shy when you first learned about hypnotism, and now and you couldn't speak in public, and now you're doing these crazy wild shows. So I guess you overcame a number of issues yourself through hypnosis. Yes, absolutely. I, I in college, my background is in the medical field. When I was in school, I used to not even show up in class, get zeros on group speeches because I was so afraid to go in, in public. And with uh, self-hypnosis, which I used, I was able to overcome co- those confidence issues as well as uh, losing about 70 pounds oh, you know, my with, goodness. with self-hypnosis. 
And was it Mark Savard who also taught you the self-hypnosis? Uh, no, actually I got trained by uh, Anthony Jackwin from England and uh, he, he did the hypnotherapy. So it's two different trainings, oh, stage okay. and hypnotherapy. Okay. So, Brian, let's get back into the issues. And I'm, I'm very curious as to how you bring a couple or a person into uh, a private workshop and they say, I can't get hard anymore. Like, what do you do? Take out some lube and stroke his cock? Well, I haven't had to do that yet. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. But oh, that's a good question. Yeah, and I did actually did a session like that uh, here on this cruise. And I don't get into it like a therapist by finding out what were the issues in the past because that's the wonderful thing about hypnotherapy is you don't have to dig deep down what happened because all of that's in the subconscious. So what we focus on is having their subconscious find those problems themselves in their own mind. I don't even need to know that. I give suggestions that are going to help them in the future so they don't have to even think about it. It becomes automatic, which is the great thing about hypnotherapy. So just to visualize, are they lying on a couch and you're talking with them or you're just having a conversation? Are they both the male and female part of the couple there at the same time? Yeah, I've, I think the majority of the time it's only the, the single people. It's because um, I was saying earlier that a person may not want to ha share all of that at, with their partner. What, what The process of how it works is a person comes to me, in, in like let's say in the room here, and what I do is we just kind of briefly talk about what they want to work on, and then I hypnotize them, kind of like I do in a show. It's called an induction. I'll get them very, very relaxed. Their brain waves go to a certain level, and then that's when they're usually laying down, and that's whenever I, I give them suggestions after they're in the induction phase. So they already know what their problem is they're coming to fix. Do you ever find other problems that you discover during this part? No, it, it's not. It's we don't have dialogue with each other during their session. Now you could, you could have dialogue with that, but usually what we want to do is we want to focus on one thing at a time, and then that's why I do the self hypnosis, so then they can go home and be able to work on whatever else they want to work on after that. So I'm going to ask two questions. My yes. first question is: This guy who can't get an erection, you hypnotize him, and do you watch that his cock gets hard and gets up there? Like, do you know you succeeded or? you send them home and he calls you and said, hey, buddy, that worked really good? I do not watch his cock get hard. Okay. You, but maybe I, I, I could try that with my assistant. She'll be on the next cruise. Uh -huh. And maybe she'll be able to help me out with the sessions. But um, what in, in the session, though, what I do is there's suggestions. And it doesn't, usually it takes more than one session again, and is which is why I have audio recordings that I give them as well with, with that issue as well. So it's something that they just don't leave once. It's something that grows. Okay. Grows. Next, next question is a lifestyle question yes. and it is guys who've been with a partner for a long time they don't use condoms right you don't need to fuck you don't need a condom to fuck your wife but when you get into a swinging situation you need to use a condom and me for one um, my cock doesn't like having a piece of rubber put on it how do you help people get over that because you need to use condoms in the lifestyle but you know that everything's hot and horny and now all of a sudden you got to slip it on and that hard erection becomes very soft yeah what you want to do is something with that is you want to, you in hypnosis, you'll never do anything that you don't want to do. But in that situation, you want to have sex with that person. It's something that you, it's, it's, it's just, you have a block in your subconscious where it's like, okay, I'm not going to be able to get hard in this situation by using a, a, a condom. Right, because my cock likes feeling the wet, hot pussy. Now I got to put this piece of latex on. It's like, I'm not going to get that feeling. Therefore, I'm not going to stay hard. So in a situation like that, you can actually give your subconscious thoughts and things of like, this will feel good, or you can give it positive suggestions of whatever it is to get that block out of your mind. 
that's a great, great question because I actually have never had somebody who come to me for that. And these are ideas that what I want to do is in the future cruises, future workshops, I actually want to focus on specific items and have workshops for those things like that. And for that, that situation with David where he knows that the latex is not going to yeah. feel hot or, sorry, not going to feel wet on his cock, can you uh, suggest that he will feel wet? Is that the kind of suggestion that you give him? You, you, yes, you could. Anything that's positive. You never want to give a negative suggestion. It always has to be a positive suggestion. So something like that, we could actually talk whenever we're talking in the interview part of what he would like to, that to feel like. And those are, the those are the suggestions that I would give you, your subconscious. Beautiful. All right, that's a simple one. Now let's talk about anal sex. Can you make someone do something or hypnotize someone to do something that they really don't feel they want to do? Very good question. Now, whenever I say that nobody will do anything that they don't want to do, I think that most women have that little mind in the back that they're open to it. I think that they're just afraid. So what my job is as a hypnotherapist is to, to get in their subconscious and to make them know that it, it won't be painful, that it can be enjoyable. And as long as they, they have that little thing in their subconscious that's saying that they're open to it, I think that you can get a woman to enjoy that and, and to, to, to relax enough to do that, anal sex. And what about a guy? Can he a guy. Be, uh, can he be a open to having anal sex? A guy has to be open to it. A guy has to so be open to either it. Either way, they have e to be open either to way, it. Either way, either even, way. Even if it's his wife who wants to like put on a strap on and peg him, it's harder than having a woman accept a guy fucking her in the ass. I if, a, if a guy comes to me, well, I've had people come to me for other issues and the spouse always comes and he's like, I'm here for X reason. And I'm like, are you 100% open to this or is your wife pushing you to do this? Oh, and then it good. ends up being the wife pushing to do it. And it, you know what? Honestly, hypnosis won't work at that point because the person just has to be at least open to the idea. Very cool. All right. So, you know, we're getting into couples and yeah, we were talking about erections and condoms and, and anal sex, but really, you know, we talk to couples about how to spice up their sex life. How does what you do help a couple spice up their sex life if they're having issues? And let's talk a little bit about those couples who have a great sex life, who have a great relationship and want to take it up to another level. I think that let's start with a couple who um, wants to increase or have a, a better sex life. I think that uh, uh, all the people, especially here in the lifestyle, is very, very open-minded. But I think that everybody, everybody can improve a little more. And I think that all of us are very creative in the bedroom. We're more open-minded. But I think all of us do have a block on certain issues. Like, let's say um, there's always like the, the, the male in the relationship may want to try something, a threesome or whatever it is with somebody, and they're just a little reluctant. It could be confidence. It could be body image issues. Jealousy. Or, Worried that may, they might be jealous. Jealousy issues. I would like to work with couples and to find out, is it something that they're, again, open with? Because if they're open to it, again, this is something that you can improve that sex life and, and, and get them to that point where they're open to try those new ideas. If you have somebody who's already has an amazing sex life, I'm sure that there's even more out there than maybe they, they thought, no way, I'm not 
couldn't do that or, you know, for whatever reason. I just want to go back to the whole idea about what is a hypnotherapy session because everybody's imagining that little watch that right. you're dangling in right. front of the eyes. Can you just explain how you get somebody induced into hypnosis? Yeah, yeah. We talked about it last night at the workshop about the little dangling watch. Right. And, and that started a long, long time ago. And actually, there's a hundred ways you could hypnotize somebody. And all hypnosis is, is the, you're taking them down their brain to a certain brain wave, which is a theta state. You got the, the beta, the alpha, the theta, and the delta. And your theta state is right the hypnosis state, right to the point before you fall asleep. So the swinging watch, which is an old way, how I do it is I will do an induction where I just relax them and I overload their mind. So eventually their mind just says, I give up, and they'll take in all the suggestions. Oh. And they do remember it afterwards. About 80 to 90% of people remember everything. About 10% of people don't remember anything after the show. So what I do is I, I or the show, or even a, a session, and what I do is I give commands to them that they'll remember everything. And, and event, if I didn't give them commands, really, eventually, over time, it would come back to them. So when you're doing the self-hypnosis, you have to do it regularly. Is that to reinforce those suggestions? Do they eventually fade? Some... I, um, if you do uh, suggestions for self-hypnosis to yourself, sometimes it could be long. It could, it could be long term, but you could go back to it as well. I do self-hypnosis almost every day for th- three to five minutes a night. And, and what is it that you're working on right now to there, improve yourself? There's always I always have goals, whether it's for my my sex life, for business, for my weight, for for I do it for everything. I always I always set out goals, and I tell everybody that goal setting is one of the most amazing things you could do. So if you're expecting a result of one your goals is that after one week or one month or yeah, six yeah. months? Usually people try uh, suggestions for a week on a goal and then I have them reassess how they feel and the whole point of hypnosis is to be able to your mind takes actions without even thinking about it for instance here you want to have a better sex life you know you you're, you don't want to think about oh I'm going to be creative tonight because that it, that's motivation and we're this is not mo- about motivation what it is is we're trying to create suggestions where your subconscious takes over almost like when you're driving a stick shift you're so driving you a don't car even or walking. Realize it. you don't even think about it you, it, it that's the amazing part about it is you don't have to think about it it just becomes a natural part of who you are so you can't really get somebody to learn new techniques to have a better sex life. So you just actually teach them to be more open to new ideas? More open, to be creative. And whenever they have that, they'll come up with their own or whatever they want to do. Can everybody be hypnotized? Yes. everybody. I believe personally that every single person can be hypnotized. It may take me five minutes for somebody. It could take me a minute or it could take me 30 minutes. It just depends. So I've had some people on this cruise say, I'm very strong-willed, I'm strong-minded, and I, there's no way that you can get me hypnotized. Well, they're already setting themselves up that I can't hypnotize them. So what I teach them, again, is the self-hypnosis because if that person doesn't want to give up their their mind because they don't, for whatever reason, who's the person that they can give it up to? Themselves. So that's why self-hypnosis works so wonderfully for the people who say they're strong-willed and they they can't be hypnotized. So you say you can can induce self-hypnosis to improve any aspect of your life. Give us some examples of what that could be. Yeah, well, but we... We talked about a lot about the the, uh, um, the lifestyle, about the the sex life the, in the bedroom, uh, and you can use pretty much everything for weight loss, for smoking, for uh, anxiety, speaking stress, speaking better. Uh, I've had Re- it um, improving your memory, improving 
and your memory. I've had people now, they're doing research even for, for Parkinson's, ADHD. Oh, my goodness. And they're even looking at it for, for uh, cancer, to slow down cancer. There's research going on using your mind because they're using hypnosis in hospitals. They're using it for surgery without anesthesia. They're using it for pain control. How about for sports improvement? Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the sports teams or athletes are using hypnosis for that. You have UFC fighters who are using it to, for focus. A lot of you know, Olympic swimmers who are slowing down their heart rate. It's just amazing how hypnosis, they're doing the research to see, really see how, how it works. Wow, it's so fascinating. And then what about those doubters who say, I don't believe in it. You can't do it to me. They're like, you know they have some issues. You know they have issues that you can resolve. But they're like, you're, you're, no, hypnosis isn't real. How do you, how do you bring someone to the, to the good side, not the dark <laughs> to the side? To the good side, the good side. That's a good question. That's, that's why I like to mix the shows with, with this stuff. Because usually when I do a show or when I do demonstrations, somebody's spouse or somebody always gets up there. And then afterwards, they're like, holy shit. I didn't, now I know that something's going on. Because my wife or whoever would never, ever act that way if they weren't up there that that's kind of how you break down down that part but what we what we enjoyed you also do an intro session which is no hypnosis people come in they ask you questions you sit there it's a little gathering and then you say well come to my show and the show we saw in LA that you did you had more people that wanted to come up there than you had chairs for then four people got hypnotized in the audience so you know what we believe and we see what you can do and we saw the people that you helped out up there unfortunately Carol for the second time on this cruise <laughs> all she did was fall asleep but we're I, I appreciate it. it very much <laughs> that you got out there and it's funny that's funny you say because you you, you said you when you were up there and you're hypnotized you, you were you were slumped down you're very very relaxed you said you were here you heard me I heard but everything you, but I felt like a dead weight yeah like I a magnet not, there yes I felt like I could not respond right for, I don't know exactly why or why not but that's how I felt at the time and, and it's I think it's because you are so relaxed. You feel so. Your subconscious is saying, "Oh my God, this feels so amazing that you just want to be in that state." That's maybe why I, left I was you just there. over. Maybe I was just overtired and I needed I, to either sleep. Either that, or you were drunk. I didn't know. So I. <laughs> regardless, <laughs> I left you there. You it didn't. was still a whole lot of fun. David still taped the whole session. It was oh, so awesome, wonderful. Awesome. It was spectacular. We had a great time there, and I find this topic very fascinating. And I definitely would like to learn self hypnosis from you. There's tons of things in my life I'd love to improve. If I can do it myself, I might be more trusting doing it myself like you said than having someone make me cluck like a chicken so you know, I'm gonna, I'm maybe gonna, it's going to work I'm for gonna me. I'm going to send this to you guys this program and I'm going to have you do it so then you guys try it and then you can report back and we can do Beautiful. this again next time Beautiful. and we can talk about all the results that you guys have. We'd love to do that so thank you so much Brian. Just take a minute tell everybody how they can reach out to you on your website, social media and um, if they have uh, more things they want to know uh, where they can see you next. Yeah um, the next cruise I'm doing is on Desire uh, to their Barcelona Rome cruise in uh, April, I think it's April 28th. Um, if they want to more information, they can look at my website, which is brianmadridspeaker.com. Uh, uh, they can also uh, call me. Uh, actually, like, let me do this. I have a free program that I'd like to give away to everybody out there, and all they need to do is text to 31996. They're going to text the word brainwaves with uh, brainwaves to 31996, and all my information will be in that email as well. Beautiful. Brian, it's always a pleasure having you on our show. We look forward to seeing you again. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, as you can hear, broadcasting live from the pool deck where the party's heating up 
on STC's Caribbean Dreams Cruise. We're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters. And you deserve it. We encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. To find out more, go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com radio show guest page, to see all our amazing sexperts. Click on their link and contact them if you need more advice. Well, that's it for our show today. A special thank you to our guests, Ariane and Charlie from Sex Because, and the amazing erotic hypnotist, Brian Madrid. And of course, you for listening. Remember to sign up on SDC.com for one month free using promo code 30314. And we have some amazing, great events and trips coming up. We'll be joining STC's erotic escapade to the magnificent island of Crete, April 28th to May 3rd. Then we'll be sailing on the Crystal Symphony cruise ship up to the Alas- up to Alaska with luxury lifestyle vacations for the Alaskan Splendor Lifestyle Cruise, June 17 to 24. If you're looking for an upscale lifestyle event, then join us on the sexy cruise departing from Vancouver and sailing up the Inside Passage deep into the wondrous wilderness of Alaska's remote landscape with other like-minded, sexy, fun friends. And then in July, we'll be with SDC at Cap Dag in France. And Cap Dag is the naked city. We're going to be there from July 2nd to 10th. So join us for this amazing lifestyle experience. Of course, as the reigning queen and king, we'll be getting naughty at Naughty in Orleans, July 25 to 30. So for more information about these trips and anything else, visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle where we'll be talking about Young Swingers Week at Hedo 2. So we are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 